uh, outline in terms of your participation in whichever form you're here or online. First uh, item that we have is the federal legislative update, Washington, D.C. Good afternoon. You've got Emily Bacche de Silva here and John Assini with CJ Lake. Um, both the House and Senate are in session this week, and the focus will continue to be wrapping up FY24 appropriations and, of course, some sort of potential uh, border security deal um, that then will allow funding to move forward related to Ukraine and Israel. Um, a quick update on FY24 appropriations, because it does seem like things are finally uh, moving forward. Uh, just this past week on Friday, House and Senate negotiators reached a deal on top line allocations for each individual um, appropriations bill. It's called 302Bs. And so that agreement now allows appropriators to start negotiating the details of each individual spending bill. Um, we've been waiting uh, for this to happen since uh, Senator Patty Murray, the chair of Senate Appropes, and Representative Kay Granger, the chair of House Appropes, um, reached, uh, reached a deal on kind of the high-level defense and non-defense levels on January 7th. Um, but they were having trouble then kind of distilling that down into each individual appropriations bill. That's finally been done. Of course, you know, we have continuing resolutions that now run through March 1st and March 8th. So we are hopeful that um, they will be able to wrap up these bills. Uh, again, that March 1st deadline is for transportation uh, and HUD, for energy and water, for military construction uh, and veterans affairs, and then for the agriculture, Department of Ag spending bill. The remaining bills have a deadline of March 8th. Um, those are some of the bigger bills like labor, HHS, education, defense, commerce, justice, science, among others. Um, but again, we are seeing some forward progress as it relates to FY24 appropriations. Um, John will uh, talk a little bit now about the tax bill. Uh, thanks, Emily. So as we discussed on the PAL call last week, uh, the House Ways and Means Committee voted nearly unanimously by a vote of 40 to 3 on January 19th to advance a bipartisan tax package that includes expansion of child tax credit, a series of business tax credits, um, tax breaks, um, and also includes provisions related to um, disaster relief uh, related to tax um, filing. Um, this uh, is particularly important for those affected by wildfire, um, additional provisions related to uh, Taiwanese residents doing business in the United States, um, and also an expansion of low-income housing tax credit. Um, <clears throat> as it stands right now, it remains uncertain if the full House will consider the legislation. Um, the House could consider the bill later this week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, or it could be delayed even further. Uh, with an expectation that it could be attached to the FY24 appropriations bill discussed earlier when it's finalized. Um, this is largely due to uh, the speaker's ability or inability to pass the bill under suspension of the rules uh, by bypassing the rules committee and avoiding a uh, complicated amendment process. Um, over the weekend and on Friday, uh, a number of New York Republicans 
approached the speaker on attaching the SALT deduction uh, to the legislation, but it's not yet clear if Speaker Johnson uh, will attach that or will simply put the bill on the floor without um, a proposed SALT fix. Uh, many in Congress hope that the bill can be finished by tax season, which of course ends on April 15th, uh, as the tax benefits would apply to individuals and businesses uh, for the 2023 taxes. And if enacted, the provisions of the bill will expire at the end of 2025. Um, so there's been a little bit of back and forth on the future of the tax bill. Um, not many are sanguine on it passing this week, uh, at least in the House. Um, but there does seem to be some significant bipartisan support uh, for the legislation. Um, and then I'll just quickly go over uh, what we're seeing on immigration and the foreign aid bill, uh, because they are continued to be tied to each other. Um, Senator James Langford, Chris Coons continue to negotiate um, a pretty challenging border security and immigration bill and have shared text with the Judiciary Committee members um, in the Senate. We expect the deal to be made public uh, later this week, uh, and we also anticipate that the bill will be a combination of bill text um, and framework text. So a little bit of fill in the blank will still have to take place even after um, it is released later this week. Of course, complicating things is the White House goal of tying this package to additional funding for Ukraine, Israel. Um, and I'll also add that uh, the difficulty has also been increased on passing the bill through the House um, with President Trump piping up last week saying that Congress should not pass the legislation and instead hand uh, another political defeat to uh, President Biden uh, Senate Republican leaders will have a difficult time moving forward with the border security portion of this measure without majority support from Senate Republicans. So right now we're looking at about 25 Republicans will have to likely support uh, the legislation. Um, we are also anticipating about five to seven Democrats in the Senate opposing the legislation uh, because of concerns about changing immigration laws. Um, and if it is still linked to Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan funding, there are some senators that have concerns um, with providing additional support uh, to Israel without some preconditions. Um, so it continues to be seen if the Senate will move forward on uh, tying the two pieces of legislation together, or if they'll try to try to move them individually. Um, but we do anticipate some sort of text or framework or something to come out uh, this week to provide a little bit of detail um, that has been lacking uh, over the past couple weeks. So I'll just hand it back to Emily to discuss uh, a hearing that will be held by the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, one final note that we wanted uh, to talk about, because you may see a good bit in the news, but the Senate Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing on Wednesday regarding big tech and online child sexual exploitation. Um, the, the committee's witness panel includes the CEOs of all the major social, social media companies, including Discord, Meta, Snap, TikTok, um, and X. So the purpose of the hearing is to highlight the need for new federal regulations of social media companies to help stop the exploitation of kids online. Um, the committee has already unanimously reported multiple bipartisan bills um, that would do just that to help stop the exploitation um, of kids. But they have not uh, moved through the, the full Senate. Um, so again, just wanted to flag that because I think that hearing 
uh, will be a big focus this week um, in Washington. Uh, and that is our report for this week. My apologies, my voice is not quite there yet, but uh, <clears throat> can you give us a prognostic on the se child sexual exploitation bill, the likelihood that we will have enough um, support to move it out? So they have passed out of committee um, So in, the, in, in a strong bipartisan fashion. I think it's trying to find uh, floor time for these bills, uh, both in the Senate and the House. John, I don't know if you have kind of a better um, idea of, of what the holdup may be, but I think they're trying to put some pressure on with this hearing. So the purpose of the hearing is to apply pressure and to really take the social media companies to task on their lack of action. Um, there have been several oversight hearings um, in both the Senate Commerce Committee and the Senate Judiciary Committee on specifically sexual child exploitation online. Um, they had a whistleblower come in at the end of last year um, in the Judiciary Committee um, related to Meta's inaction um, on teen mental health. Um, so they're not gonna be discussing or reporting out of committee um, in this committee hearing on Wednesday, this is really just a more oversight hearing with the um, CEOs and asking them why they haven't yet acted on a litany of uh, failings over the past you know, 10, 15 years that they've been in existence. Um, the committee, the Judiciary Committee has already passed uh, unanimously five pieces of legislation. Um, it has not yet passed the Senate. Senate Commerce Committee has passed uh, two bills out of committee that are under its jurisdiction that have to deal specifically with the FTC and its role um, in oversight and regulation of social media companies. Um, so it's possible that we see continued action um, in the Senate. I know that Senator Schumer had indicated in his letter in the last year um, that uh, kids' online safety would be a priority for the Senate. Um, that level of dedication has not been communicated in the House. Um, we have not yet seen sort of that, that same full-throated um, dedication to getting that legislation through, it, through the lower chamber. Um, so it still re remains to be seen if we'll see kind of a bill reach President Biden's uh, desk by the end of the year. But, you know, John makes a good point, and I'll just jump in. The fact that Senator Schumer, I had forgotten this, listed it in his list of priorities uh, when he talked about what Senate Democrats wanted to take up this year. Uh, that that gives hope that it will pass the full Senate, um, you know, at, at some point, uh, I would imagine um, by the summer or late summer. So, uh, but again, it would then have to be taken up by the House and we just haven't seen um, it listed as a top priority um, for, for Johnson. Thank you. My, my recollection is this this does include support from the social media companies, right? They, they were. So go ahead, John. I think you were. It's, it's kind of a mixed bag um, from the social media companies. I think that some have reluctantly supported um, some of the measures that were passed by Commerce Committee um, and by uh, the Judiciary Committee. Um, 
two of the two of the five companies uh, voluntarily offered their testimony for the Wednesday hearing, and I think three had to be subpoenaed by the committee in order to be forcefully brought uh, before Congress to answer questions of the full panel. Um, so I think there's a little bit of there's some support, but not full-throated support from the industry writ large. That might change during the testimony um, that that we hear on Wednesday. Um, but as it stands now, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Thank you. I appreciate that report. And you know, this is an issue that is very important in our county um, when it comes to trying to address the trafficking issues. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Do we have any online questions, comments? We have one action item. Okay, thank you. Um, the action item we have is a request for a legislative position, which is uh, Senate Bill 726, uh, property taxation exemption for disabled veteran homeowners. Uh, from the Social Service Agency, there is a request for support. Uh, are there any questions or comments regarding that particular piece of uh, legislation? No. Okay, thank you. So we'll move that forward. And um, anybody who's online who would like to identify themselves, you may do so at this time, and we appreciate your participation and presence. Hannah, you're online. Go ahead. Hi, Hannah Hamilton, Interim Policy Director, Alameda County Social Services Agency. Next. Good afternoon. This is Eileen Ng with the Alameda County Healthcare Services Agency. Appreciate it. Anyone else? Good afternoon. This is Deanna Garcia with Curtis 5, Alameda County. Anyone else? No one else. Okay. Um, I want to thank everybody for participating at this time. And with that, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Recording stopped. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.